Alright, Degenerates, we are here once again for your Rookie Watch Part 2. And let me tell you, we're going over all the top-notch names today. None of those scrubs you don't want to draft. These are the guys you're fighting for, the guys you're trading up for. Alright? I am joined, as always, by co-host of the show, the Dynasty Degenerate, Mr. Steven Sampson. How are you doing tonight, Steve? Good, Brian. What's up, Degenerates? Two more weeks till the draft. And the commissioner himself is here tonight. How are you doing tonight, Eric? I am doing fantastic, baby. It is a Friday night. We are here to bring you our rookie watch. Like Brian said, we are going to go over the top guys. The guys you might even be fucking sick of hearing about, but you're going to get it from us. So take it or leave it. We're here to tell you what we think about them. And uh, how you guys doing? Brian, how are you? Good? Fucking excellent, man. I am Brian Moran, and we are here to give you your Rookie Watch Part 2. But first, we got a little breaking news. Breaking news. So... Much to my surprise, I knew he'd go somewhere, but Giovanni Bernard has signed a contract with the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The story is that he was personally recruited by Bruce Arians and Tom Brady themselves. They reached out to him and said, dude, you need to come here. Steve, I'll ask you first, what does this do for Gio, and what do you think the effect is on Ronald Jones, uh, Lenny Fournette? And Keyshawn Vaughn, if you want to throw him in, I don't think he was going to be relevant anyway. But <laughs> Yeah, I don't think Keyshawn's relevant until uh, a couple guys leave. I think the one that impacts the most is probably going to be Rojo because Bernard's going to take you know, two to five passing down attempts, if you will, per game, I suppose. And uh, I, I don't think it's going to affect Fournette that much, but I do think it'll affect Rojo and his numbers. Uh, it just makes another crowded backfield a little bit more crowded. I like it for Geo. He goes to a, a decent offense. An injury puts him back right to where he was in Cincinnati, but uh, with a much better opportunity to put up numbers if he ends up with a reasonable role in the offense. Yeah, like like Steve said, man, that's just another one of them crowded backfields with Fournette, Rojo, Vaughn, now Geo. Uh, I think Gio is looking pretty strong. You would think to have some type of a third down role there, which is always beneficial, especially in PPR leagues. Mm. I mean, I like Steve said, I would have to agree. I think Rojo is probably the one who takes the biggest hit from this. And that I don't know what it is, man. It almost seems like that team, Arians, like it, it seems like they don't like Rojo and like they've been trying to replace him every what? chance they get. <laughs> I don't, yeah, it's just they don't want him. It's pretty obvious. And. Uh, but it neither one of the I'm not really interested in any Tampa Bay running back. Maybe Fournette at the right price. This might help Mixon though. What do you guys think? Do you think this helps Mixon if he can stay healthy? I think they draft somebody. Yeah, I was about to say. I mean, the only thing that's ever held Mixon back was staying healthy. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with you guys' assessment about the Bucks. It's just so like what I think is going on here is that they want Lenny to rush, which I think is his strong suit. I don't think he's not a very good pass catcher. How many times have we joked about him catching 10 balls for one yard, you know? I think they brought Gio in to catch passes. They're going to put Lenny as just a rusher, and I think Rojo can start. He can just claim his spot on the bench right now. Uh, it it sounds like he's completely cut out, which is fine by me. I never thought Rojo was that good to begin with. 
but he's always kind of been thrust onto the field just by need, and now it seems like they don't need him. If you own Rojo in a dynasty league and you can find somebody that wants to buy him, sell. For a bag of air, sell. <laughs> so, uh, I think that's the only breaking news I saw. Did you guys see anything else? Not really. No. No, not that I could think of of note. <laughs> yes! All right, let's get right to the good stuff. This is the Rookie Watch, part two. The Rookie Watch. So, uh, Eric, we'll start at quarterback. Why don't you tell me who you picked for your uh, one of your favorite guys? Oh, you already know who the fuck I picked. <laughs> I know you know. I know Steve oh, yeah. too. I picked my boy, my guy, Justin Fields. Ohio State QB. He is a junior. He declared for the NFL draft. He's 22 years old. So a little quick tidbit about Fields. Uh, he's a four-star recruit coming out of high school. He uh, initially committed to Georgia. And Georgia decided after his freshman year that they were going to stick with Jake Fromm. So he transferred to Ohio State. Yeah, he started for two seasons, kind of was more like one and a half with the COVID 2020. And he put up some great numbers, man. I mean, his time at Ohio State, 63 touchdowns, nine interceptions. That's, I mean, that that's, those are solid fucking numbers, man. Uh, and plus, he can do it on the ground, too. His time at Ohio State, 218 rushing attempts, 867 yards, and 15 touchdowns. I love a lot of what I see from this kid, man. He does. He, he has. He has a fantastic arm. He. I mean, I people knock him for his accuracy. I don't see any issues with his accuracy. I see more of his issues when I watch him is like timing and anticipation. It's not so much the accuracy. It's a guy might be running an out, you know. I mean, or, or running a hitch, and he just his timing's just off a little bit. And it, it, the ball's accurate when it gets there. It's just he he's gotta he's gotta work on that, which that that I think you can work on at the next level. Mm-hmm. You know, with a good coach, he can get coached right. My biggest concern with Fields is his pocket presence. He seems to kind of get tunnel vision. He doesn't seems to not really have great uh, sense of what's happening around him. He'll see a blitzer late. He kind of seems to panic, like he kind of. Doesn't know what to do for like a half a second. And then he usually, typically, sometimes he gets sacked. Or sometimes he doesn't really, he's not able to get the ball out. And sometimes he's got to just, he's got to take the easy throws. You know, and and I feel like sometimes he doesn't. He either tries to run for it or he tries to heave it downfield. And I, I think he can work on that as he grows. Pocket presence is something that is concerning because it's kind of more of an instinctual thing. You know, so mm-hmm. that is a concern of mine. But I've seen enough from this kid to uh, be amazed uh, that I think he can absolutely do it at the next level. He is 6'3", 228 pounds. He had his second pro day this past week. I believe San Fran attended, Carolina attended, Denver attended, New England, and Chicago. He looked great. I watched his pro day. He made a, he made all the throws. He was he looked fantastic. He didn't obviously didn't participate in any of the, you know, 40 yards or anything like that. It was more just a throw-in session. Yeah, he's personally, he's my, I think he's the second best quarterback in this draft class. I know you guys just, I know you, Brian, at least disagree with me. I don't know where Steve stands, but <laughs> I'll let you guys give your input. Steve, what do you think of Fields? I actually like Fields. Um, he is probably my number three quarterback. I do like him. 
uh, and I think he should go to a good offense early in the draft and should be able to excel. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not that I disagree with you, Eric. I just everything you said is right. I, I don't disagree with any of that. I just th- I think you think his flaws are minor, and I I don't think they are. I think they need a lot of work. I mean, his, his pocket awareness is is not bad. It's terrible. He gets rattled by pressure. Now, the balance to that is he's able to throw on the run. He throws on the run extremely well. So if he does see someone coming, he can take off and he can still get the ball down the field. He has incredible arm strength. And like you said, he doesn't take the easy throw. He doesn't want to check down. He, he plays hero ball sometimes. You know, he can, he can get locked onto his first read. He can struggle getting through his progressions, which is fine. Almost everybody struggles getting through their progressions at this point. He does have an absolute freaking cannon for an arm. He can throw into tight windows. He has incredible accuracy on deep throws. I just, you know, it's 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 all those things that make me think that he needs a year. I think he needs a year. I want him to sit. If he goes out there and plays this year, I think he's in real trouble. See, I would agree with that with all of them except for Lawrence. All All these quarterbacks could use to sit a year, but... Other than Trevor Lawrence, I think he's ready to go out. But I think everybody would agree with that. But I, I agree with you, Brian. Fields needs time behind a veteran quarterback with a good offensive coordinator, good quarterback's coach to help him develop those necessary skills. He can get away from some pressure. He can throw on the on the run. But he needs to be able to get through his, his progressions faster and read the defenses better. Uh, it's it takes time so hopefully he can go to a a team that will be able to allow him that time even if it's a half a season before he gets in uh, I just don't think he could probably do day one I just think it would be better for his overall development if he can sit for at least half the year if not the full year I mean you could probably make the case like that for a lot of quarterbacks coming out it's just in 2021, unfortunately, like the NFL really doesn't work like that. But if you look at past history, I mean, look, Patrick Mahomes sat for a year and look what, you know, I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers, the the best quarterback in the league. Aaron Rodgers sat uh, Tom Brady. Well, it wasn't by choice. It was more third on the depth <laughs> chart, but yeah, he sat fourth. for a couple of years before four, oh, fourth. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it kind of seemed like these guys, they just want him out there right away, you know, and I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you guys that Justin Fields could probably benefit from sitting for a year. Absolutely. Get a year to learn the playbook, you know, that the coaches can, can work on, you know what I mean? That the parts of his game that they think he needs to improve on his flaws. Like he's got some footwork problems too. I think he seems to kind of like he, when he throws, I saw a couple plays, I think it was mostly in the, I think it was in the, uh, championship game I was watching. He kind of like shuffles his feet a little bit. Like when he throws, like he takes like too many steps. Yeah, but you, you can't. I mean, the, the kid, the kid is he's the most athletic quarterback in the draft. Yeah, I, w- I would go along with that. Yeah. Uh, it's just you know, I mean, I I haven't ranked third. I'm yeah. I'm not shitting on the kid. I I'm just not sure if he goes out there and starts his rookie year. I'm not sure if he ever gets his kinks ironed out because they're they're all mental, and mental mistakes typically get worse the more you make them. I'm I'm, tr- I'm very cautious of him starting in the NFL day one. And some of the reports I had read, you know, I, you know, I saw a lot of like shit going out there that like he doesn't he doesn't put in a, a lot of he's not a hard worker, he's kind of lazy. This that's all bullshit. All his coaches and his teammates have said, dude, he 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 takes coaching well. He works his ass off. He fucking watches film. 
He tries to improve every week, week in and week out. He wants to be as good as he wants to be great. He wants to be as great as he possibly can. Mm-hmm. So if you read that, throw all that shit out the fucking window. It's <laughs> all right. So, I mean, you're the Justin Fields guy. Tell me, where do you think he lands and where would you like to see him? I think he's going to San Fran. And where would you like to see him? I would like to see him in San Fran. <laughs> spot for him. I would also agree with that, Eric, on both counts. I think that's terrible. I, I. He might end up in San Fran. I'm not denying that. I, I still think that they want Mac Jones, but I don't think it's a good fit. It's He doesn't want to check down. That's like 40% of their passing offense. He doesn't like to throw short. That's the other That's the other 60% of their passing offense. It's just, it, I just don't, I don't see the mesh. I don't see how it works. I think it'll work fine. Like I said, I think Kyle Shanahan can do the best to, to, accommodate the offense and say, all right, this is Justin Fields strength. Like Justin Field, they run a lot of uh bootleg passes. Like Fields can do that. He can, like you said, he's great at throwing on the run. Yeah. He's it's just like I said, and he doesn't only throw deep. He can throw intermediate and short passes. He just he doesn't take them when he should. And I think he's I don't think it's some I don't think you'd have to blow up the entire San Fran offense to to fit in Justin Fields. I think he would fit in fine. And I also think this is going to circle back to what you guys said i think it would be good for fields because he could sit and that's true too the offense behind jimmy g so if they keep him i i don't know if he's going to land in san fran obviously i think he might go fourth to whoever trades up with atlanta if because i like i said i still think san fran's taking mac jones where i would like to see him go is denver i i think it, they have the patience to sit him for a year. They'll suffer through Drew Locke. They, you know, they've already done it enough. And then he comes out in the field. He has a million weapons. They want to huck it deep. They want to play to his strengths. They play the same bootleg. It's just, I think it's a perfect, perfect fit, man. I just, I love that fit, and I'd love to see him go there. Well, Denver was at his pro day, so they're, they're, that's telling you that there's interest, there, at least. Yeah, there's interest. And... They could maybe it could be one of them teams that moves up to four. You know what I mean? If if San Francisco ultimately does go with Jones, mm-hmm. so Steve, that was my take on Justin Fields. Who did you pick for your quarterback? So my quarterback is Mac Jones out of Alabama. I have him as my number one over Trevor Lawrence. Yes, I know it's controversial. I don't care. Lawrence is the most complete quarterback ready to start any team on. Uh, that drafts him this year, that's fantastic. I think Jones is a better first-year quarterback. I think after a couple of seasons, you're going to see him probably become more like Kirk Cousins, maybe maybe Ryan Tannehill, depending on where he ends up going. Uh, I think that's kind of his ceiling. But I think for the first year, he's probably the most pro-ready. Last year, Jones had uh, – well, he was a three-star recruit out of high school. Um, he played about 140 or so passing attempts in 19, and then uh, last year took over. He had over 400 attempts last year, threw for just under 4,500 yards with a 76% completion rate. 41 touchdowns, four interceptions, which is pretty good, but considering the wide receivers he had, uh, that, that kind of shows you why. But he's extremely accurate under 10 yards, and for an offense that plays the dink and dunk game he's a perfect quarterback to jump into that uh he's a pocket passer he's got limited mobility 
I'm not saying he's like Tom Brady statue, but he he doesn't scramble as well as some of the other candidates um, this year. But he's extremely calm under pressure, and he'll stand in there and take a hit. So he's six three. So he's got decent arm strength, but there are some concerns for the deep balls. He underthrew uh, several times last year, and his receivers made him look a lot better than what the throws actually were. But I think if he has time at an NFL level, he, he can develop that a little bit better. But I think good landing spots for him would probably be New England, Pittsburgh, and potentially Denver. Um, and I think a, a moderate spot or, or an okay spot would be Chicago. But I would love to see him come down far enough that we could bring him up in New England. So he's the number one quarterback on your board, but you don't think he would fit in San Francisco? Oh, I think he would potentially fit in San Francisco, but I, I actually like Fields in San Francisco better. My whole thing with Mac Jones is that basically just I see a ceiling. It's I like him, but he he needs the system. So it's like, where is he going to go where he's going to have that constant system? It's going to be the same. And it's, I, I think Mac Jones is only as good as his landing spot. And I don't, I do not disagree. New England would be a damn good one. Just short intermediate throws over the middle, sit in the pocket. We don't care if you can run. It's, it's a perfect fit. That's also why I think he's a really good fit for San Francisco. Because that's really most of what they do, and he is more than athletic enough to run the bootleg and options and all that. So, I still think he's going to San Francisco, like I said. Uh, an ideal landing spot, I would say either San Francisco or New England are the first two that come to mind. Uh, Eric, what did you think of Mac Jones? So, out of the big five QBs, he's probably the one I've done the least like research and, and, and watching actually like game tape on him. The little bit, I, I, I don't hate him. Like, the little bit, because I watched that championship game. Um, I, I watched, uh, I think I've probably watched about two games with, with Jones where he was the quarterback. And I, I didn't hate him. Like, I'm like, I'm like he's, he's not a bad quarterback. Like, he's a pretty good quarterback. Like, there's not much to really hate about him. I mean, like Steve said, he definitely does not have an elite arm. Like, he has probably, he's probably has an average arm and you, you in the NFL you love to see a guy who could actually has a an elite arm and can actually chuck the ball downfield. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's not he's not a running threat, you know, and and but I, I can't hate the guy, but the one thing that I always think about in the back of my head is the fact that he is at Alabama and he's throwing to Jer uh Jalen Waddle. He's throwing to Devontae Smith. He's got he's surrounded by studs after studs. Last year Jerry Judy Fucking uh, what's his name? The the one who flamed out in Oakland, Henry Henry Ruggs. Um, but Jinx. I don't even know if he was a full. I don't even know if he was a full time starter in 2019. I I don't believe he was. Well, he may have been. No, did he take over for Tua? He took over for Tua when Tua got hurt. Tua got hurt. That's right. Yep. So yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but yeah, I don't hate Mac. I don't. I like. I, I like you said. I think. I think landing spot is important. New England does definitely sound like a really good spot for him to land. I think that he would excel there. One of the things that uh, with with Jones and with Fields both is they've both done extremely well against good teams uh, in college. So, yeah. So, Brian, who did you have for your uh, rookie quarterback? All right. Well, I'll make this short and sweet. I got Zach Wilson. Spoiler alert. He's going number two. Spoiler alert. 
He deserves to be number two. Zach Wilson is an accurate, strong passer. He has struggled with accuracy under pressure. Okay, I'll give I'll give it to you. He has a lean build that works against him, but he works through his progressions. He has to get a little quicker, but like we said, they all kind of do. He throws receivers open. He has great athleticism and can run with quickness and burst. He struggles with anticipation at times, and he can struggle at times with pre-snap reads, but a lot of that stuff can get coached out of him. You know, uh, that's all minor stuff you can learn along the way, right? None of them were, like, bad, bad. Like, they weren't like, oh, my God, he just cannot do that. It's just, you know, sometimes you see flashes of, hey, you can't make that mistake. Like, hey, you got to be better at that. My ideal landing spot would be anywhere but the Jets, and I think he's probably going to go to the Jets. <laughs> that's, that's why I fucking hate him, dude, because of where he's going. Like, yeah. he's doomed. That the poor kid is doomed before he even gets drafted. It's like, dude, you're going to the Jets, bro. I feel. I'm dude, do you think you would have gone save out there and money. tanked this pro day? Like, Yeah, save your money. Well, he probably figured Fields was going to the Jets so he could go out and show off for the number three team. But, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on that, Brian. It, the, the least ideal spot for him to go is the Jets, and that's where he's going. Yeah. Unfortunately for him. I agree. I do. I have high faith in Robert Sala, though, man. I think he's going to be a good coach. Yeah, the Jets are the Jets. But the Jets are the Jets. Yeah. It, it's going <laughs> to take a couple of years. And I'm just worried that this is going to be Sam Donald 2.0, that they're going to move on from this kid. No. Because they don't have pieces around him. And he, he never really gets the opportunity to show what he can actually do. Uh, not that I'm saying this kid's as, as good or bad as Sam Donald. I'm just putting it in the same situation where he may not get a full opportunity with the Jets to become an NFL, a good NFL quarterback. But he he doesn't have the same level of competition as the other four uh, because yeah, of where that's, he played. Yeah, that's one of my things, too. So he, and he just doesn't have the big teams. games. And he did, yes. Um, but he, he, he's got a big – he's got a high ceiling if he develops correctly. So, I mean, real real quick in my man's defense here, okay? He struggled against high-ranked teams. Who the fuck were his receivers? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure they had like a top 10 O-line in the uh, college football. I'm just saying, he's, oh, not out, saying. he's not out there working with Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, he's not, but he also didn't need to. I'm not saying the kid doesn't. He's got a great arm. It's just he's going to take some time to develop. It's just unfortunate that. I think uh, he's got the best I arm mean, out of all the keys. He does. Personally. He's got the strongest arm. Yeah. Um, it's just unfortunate for him to a point that he's going number two overall to a team that is an absolute complete rebuild. They have no yeah. no pieces. Oh, he's around. getting thrown to the wolves. Yeah. You know, so that that's my biggest concern with him. I like him. I like the talent. I think he's probably has, if not the highest ceiling, then then the second highest ceiling of of the quarterbacks in this class. But it's just gonna be, it's gonna be tough. I think, like, I would love to see him in San Francisco. Like, I think that would be the perfect spot. That, that, that I think, would be San, Fran, San Fran's number one pick. I think that this kid would fit in perfectly. But I'm th- I'm hoping with Robert Sala in New York, I believe he took the, uh, he took somebody from the San Fran uh, offense with him, one of the coaches. So I'm hoping they're going to kind of run the same system for him because I think that that system would work well for him, the, the type of offense that San Fran runs. Eric, who did you have at your, your running back? One of your favorite – actually, it is your favorite running back. Tell me who your favorite running back is. 
And this is this is my favorite running back, man. This is my RB one. I ain't talking about James Robinson. <laughs> I'm talking about my boy Travis Etn, baby. Four star recruit coming out of high school, committed to Clemson. Got the got to play uh, alongside. You guessed it, Mr. Trevor Lawrence himself. He is 5'10", 215 pounds. That's um, that's fucking awesome. That is shows that's the kind of size I'm looking for. It's a guy who can be could be a three down running back. He so his pro day numbers real quick. I'm gonna go over these. He ran a four four nine forty. He in high school he was running four 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 one. I was thinking he would have maybe even dipped below four four into the four threes, and he did not at his pro day. His pro day wasn't bad. He did pretty well. Thirty three and a half inch vertical. I don't give a shit about vertical with running backs. Uh, ten foot eight inch broad jump. And I don't think he did not do any bench presses. Uh, ETN dude, uh, one knock. I'm gonna get it right out of the way right here. He's a four-year player. He stayed through a senior year, so he's coming out a little old, but he's not that old. He's 22. It sucks when, you know, running backs stay four years. I'd rather see him come out at the three. Do your three and leave, bro. This man, I mean, dude, Travis is fucking fast, dude. That kid can accelerate. He hits a hole, dude. He he is fast. He is, but he's kind of a one-cut runner, you know. He, he's not, he, he doesn't have a lot of wiggle. That's one of the knocks I'm going to have on him, too. He's kind of a, he, he's he's a fucking top-end speed. He can make, he's he can yeah, get big he's plays. He's one cut and go. One cut and go. But, man, if he hits the second level and the third, he's he is gone. <laughs> and he was, in his junior year, he was the number one running back in the country in yard with the contact uh, with 5.7. And he was the only running back in college football that had a yards after contact over five. So he is fantastic at, at bouncing off, you know, tackles. He contact balance is what they call it. He has, mm-hmm. he's elite contact balance. He amazing. Like I said, the only, there's one knock I do have on him. He's not very, he doesn't seem very agile. Like he's like, we just said, he's a one cut guy and he's just continually improved in the passing game year in and year out. Uh, he didn't really take that leap to his junior year. This year he caught an, uh, he caught an average of four, balls a game that over 45 catches that is fucking unheard of in college football that's a lot <laughs> like i said man i love the kid he's pretty good in pass protection he gives at least gives a ton of effort i think he's fine from what i've seen he 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 tries you know and he's he's gonna do his best to disrupt the blitzer or whoever breaks free he's has the most rushing yards in acc history I love him. I'd love to see him in Miami. I think that's the best fucking spot for him. Uh, they need a running back. Miami has shown me they're willing to use a workhorse. So that's the spot where I want him to go. So I agree with that. Um, I really like him as well. I, I Another spot I would like to see him go is Pittsburgh. It's another spot they'll use him as a three-down back. But I do like Miami as well. Uh, he's, he's exciting to watch. Like you say, he does only have like a, like a one cut move, but uh, if he can get that cut outside and he can get to that second level and build up speed, he's gone. So I keep flip-flopping back and forth. Like who is my number one running back in this draft? I can't decide between Najee Harris and Travis at the end. You know, like everything Eric said, he's a burner, shows good patience. He lets his blocks develop because he knows he ain't juking nobody. He's going to let them get blocked, you know? <laughs> And, you know, the, the the catching ability, man, he, he adjusts to off-target throws. 
He catches the ball away from his body using his hands. That's what you want to see. Yeah, I mean, he needs to improve in pass protection. I mean, most of these college running backs need to improve in pass protection. All in all, it's like, man, it's hard to knock him in just about anything. Um, And I will agree with both of your ideal landing spots. To me, his ideal landing spot is the San Francisco 49ers. Playing that gap scheme, one cut, downfield running game. Man, Kyle Shanahan would think of a billion ways to get this dude the ball. And I know it seems like I keep picking San Francisco. <laughs> well, like, he, he kind of, he's like a younger version of Monster to me, in a way, when you kind of look at him. Because Monster's kind of the same type of runner. Like, he's kind of a one-cut burner. Like, yeah. he hits Well, he, he, hits would, the he would fit man. their system perfect. He would. He would. But I don't want to keep picking San Fran either. But I, I, I personally would like to see him in Miami. That was my, that would be my first pick. Yeah, I I also wouldn't mind him going to the Jets right at the beginning of the second round because I think with what they may do with that offense, he would fit for the same reason that he would fit in San Fran. Well, like we talked about, it sounds like Robert Sala is bringing that offense with him, or at yeah. least pieces of it. So if they're going to run a gap blocking scheme, they're going to want that one cut, get up field, and that's right. it type of running back. Travis Hedian could really help Zach Wilson with just, hey, man – if it's not there, just dump it to ET. It's cool. Yep. Well, don't worry about it. You know. <laughs> yeah, and where they're positioned in the second, because I don't see him going in the first. If he does, it's really late. Uh, but I do think at the beginning of the second round that there's a good opportunity that he could go to the Jets. That's another spot that I had for him. Real yeah, quick, I definitely think I'm going to slip in. Robert Sala. So I do agree with you guys with the Jets. Robert Sala brought Mike Lafleur, who is a brother of Matt Lafleur. That's uh, right. Green yeah. Head yeah. Coach. He served as the 49ers run game coordinator, and he is now going to be the OC in New York. Yeah. <laughs> so we can, we can probably expect the running game to look exactly the same, then, <laughs> if nothing else, right? So, Steve, who do you have? Uh, who did you pick for your running back? So my running back uh, is actually going to be Javante Williams out of North Carolina. Until I started digging into him, I was kind of – he's the number three, but I was kind of like, eh, you know, this kid's – We'll see what happens, but the more I started looking at him, the more I started seeing him hit players and bounce off and keep going. Um, I like this kid. I really do. Uh, He served in a committee last year, so he's not seen a ton of use. He had just under 1,000 yards in 19 rushing, and he had just over 1,000 yards last year, I think 1,100, like I said, serving in a committee. So not great in the passing game, uh, 24-30. 24 catches for, out of 30 attempts, but he had three drops, which is a little concerning. And he's got a good burst, but he doesn't have field-stretching speed at all. So he'll get through the line, get to the second uh, second level, and then guys are going to start to catch up with him. But he has the wiggle. Uh, he had 75 broken tackles last year, which led the country in broken tackles. And one of the highest ratings of broken tackles – he had uh, 4.59 yards after contact per attempt, which is not quite as high as uh, ET, but <laughs> pretty close. Probably higher than ET last year, though, because uh, that was 2019 yeah. stats I was given. ET, ET in 2020 was kind of a little, a little down. wasn't It was still good, but to his standard, yeah. it was down. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, th- this kid, he, he's out there like you stole his fucking lunch money, man. He, he, he's looking, he's looking to hit you. 
He's not going to try and he's going to run through you. You're going to fall off him and he's just going to keep going. Yeah. So I, I really like what I've been seeing. Uh, he's still my number three. He, he he hasn't moved up, but that's it, it's it's getting closer between the three. And it's really going to just come down to landing spot, which one ends up being the overall number one, I think. But the other two are better in the passing game, I feel. So that's the, the one drawback, I think. But if he can get onto a team that has a quarterback with a nice touch, maybe uh, somebody like Mac Jones, who's great at throwing to uh, the short passes, uh, that might help him. But I think ideal spots for him are Miami, Atlanta, the Jets, Pittsburgh, pretty much the same spots as the other three. I think Atlanta is one of the big ones just for his skill set. He probably would fill the role that they signed Todd Gurley to do last year. I feel the exact same way, honestly. I, I, I'm i kind of shocked that you and me agree. It's disgusting. To your point, you know, you said that Javante Williams was in a committee. He had half the carries of Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. So he has a lot less wear on the tire. There was actually one play specifically when I was watching this tape where he was running a weak side counter against Miami. He bounced outside. He gets behind his blocker. The second he gets just behind his blocker, he cuts up field. He ends up hurtling a defender. He bulls through another one. Just, I mean, straight up knocked this dude on his ass. Like, I felt bad. I hope his parents weren't at that game. They must have been crying, embarrassed. Like, I don't know that dude. Then he spin moves around the safety, and he ends up taking the ball for a 44-yard gain when at least five guys had a chance at him. Just... You know, like you said, not breakneck speed, but, man, he's tough to bring down. He's really tough to bring down. And uh, the more I watch, the more I like them. Like you said, uh, to me now, I'm like, man, these three are all kind of close. You know, I think I have ETN a little higher than everybody else, but I thought Williams was kind of like way below them. Like there was a big gap between two and three. And now I kind of feel like it's one, two, three and everybody else. Eric? Yeah, I'm the same. I'm in the same boat. It's these three and bu- these three are bust. Yeah, and kind of like Steve said, draft capital is going to be huge. I mean, Javante Williams is my third running back right now. But if I like, if it's he, he could be the first running back taken. Crazier things have happened. <laughs> he could jump to my RB one. In, in, he could in two weeks. The um, thing too he, with him is, uh, and I, I forgot to say this, but he's he's going to be 21 next week. So yeah, I was about to say, yeah, that's he's huge. extremely he's young. young. He has very limited use, and he had 19 touchdowns last year serving in that committee. So, yeah, it's I'm extremely excited for him. And like you say, Eric, he could be the first running back off the board depending on where everybody ends up and, and who's picking at what spot. I mean, he's two years younger than Ajay Harris. Yeah. He's yeah. one year younger than ETN. And, yeah, it's like you said, I mean, his burst and agility, he, he's freaking elite, and I love watching his physical style. Um, I love those running backs, dude. Just that that's that's why I'm so enamored with with some of these guys like that. That's um not to get sidetracked, but like with Kadarius Tony, that was one thing that I really liked about watching that kid was dude. He 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 is not scared of contact. And same thing with Javante Williams, man. Yeah. And yeah, it's close. It's a it's a tight race between the three. You know, you, I can't like glaringly be like, oh, I like I like ETN the best. But I can't be like, oh, he's worlds ahead of Najee Harris. Or oh, he's worlds ahead of 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 uh, Javante Williams because I think they're all pretty. It's a pretty tight tier, I think. And so. I I don't think it was all that long ago that you were actually kind of down on Javante Williams. As the, did watching the tape kind of change your mind? 
Yeah, it did. It, it really did. Just watching how physical of a runner he was and how good he looked. I was like, oh, I was like, maybe I shouldn't have been so down on this kid. Because I'm yeah. like, he's actually got it. Like you said, he doesn't have elite speed. He doesn't have EDN speed. But y- y- sometimes you don't need it. Like a James Robinson doesn't have elite speed, and he just had a top five fucking running back finish. I mean, oh, yeah. you, don't, yeah. you don't need it. It helps, I mean, but you don't need it. Dude, I, I was sold the second I saw him fucking just bull over that poor defender in Miami. Just I do I felt bad for him. I'm like I'm like, holy shit, man. This kid's like half your fucking size. And he just ran over you like a fucking steamroller. Like, God damn, man. Yeah. Um so who did you have, Brian, for your running back? So I, I took the easy road. I took well, what I thought was the easy road. Najee Harris. He has great size and athleticism. He has great burst. He has uh, great contact balance. He shows patience. Uh, he lets blocks form in the run game. He has good field vision. He shows he shows awesome power. I I think out of the three, he is definitely the best. You know, power back type. Like we just said, we just talked about how Javante Williams will run through contact, but I think he would struggle at the line a little more than Najee Harris just because of his size. Um. He'll bowl over defenders, but I think if if you're fourth and goal at the one yard line and you need to hand it to one of these backs, I think Najee Harris is your guy. Um, he had 26 rushing touchdowns last year. He had a 5.8 yards per carry, and as a receiver, he's not fantastic. I mean, he he adjusts to the ball in the air, which is great. Uh, he has a really good football IQ, and we've seen him line up outside, which is a level of trust you don't see all the time. You know, he, he has enough. There's a there's a foundation there for him to build on and get better when he gets to training camp and all that. Like I said, I thought I took the easy road because I thought I took the clear and away best running back in the class and nobody was going to match it. If I had to put money down right now, I'd put it on Travis Etienne. And I said, all right, well, it's them two and everybody else. And then I watched Javante Williams film and I'm like, wow, man, like this is tough. <laughs> so uh, I still love Najee Harris, but I... I Personally, I'm ranking him number two, and I think there's a solid chance. The three of us have talked about this a little bit, that I think Atlanta's going to trade back to a quarterback needy team. And I think at the end of, uh, or at the right around the 20th pick or so, they're going to end up in the first round. I think they'll take Najee Harris there, unless they see a defensive talent they really like. But I think we can all agree they're not really in need of a wide receiver. I think Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones are doing just fine. So that's that's my thoughts on Harris. That's where I'd like to see him go. I think he could really do well in Atlanta. I think they could really use him. He could really use them. It's kind of a match made in heaven. What do you think, Eric? I think Atlanta would be a great fit for him. I think out of the three running backs, he's the one I'm least concerned about landing spot with because I think he, as far as being an all-around like player, like I think like he's might be the best of the group. I mean, he's got the great size, 6'2", 230. I, I really do. I like Harris. Is just is the one concern I kind of have with Najee. He's a little on the older side. He's 23, and he didn't really take the field to his junior year. He got very limited playing time as a freshman, freshman and a sophomore. But I've seen enough to know that this kid is the real deal, and I think he could be a fucking stud. And I'm sorry, he was six one, not six two. I got him at six two. Oh, you do? I got him at six one. Yeah, I got him at six two, two twenty nine. Whatever. Oh, and that that yeah, that's another little bit of a, a downer. He he uh did not participate in the pro day, so we get no forty time, no three cone, no none of that. And, and I mean, yeah. it is what it is. I, I 
he knows he's going to probably be first or second running back taken in the draft. He's probably like, yeah, whatever. You know, he doesn't have elite speed. Probably didn't want to run the 40. Yeah, he's probably four four five or four five somewhere right around there. I don't think he's that fast. <laughs> I, think, I mean, I think four six. Is, well, yeah. Williams was a four five five, so he, he's got to be right around the same. I mean, I th- I think that'll wrap up the running backs. Uh, Eric, who is your favorite wide receiver in this draft? My favorite wide receiver in this draft is everybody's favorite wide receiver in this draft. <laughs> Can you guess who it is? Yeah, my mine too, Devonta Smith. Waddle. Yeah. Waddle? No. Go deeper. Wondell <laughs> Moore. Wondell Moore. That's what I was going to say. Terrace Marshall. Hold on. I remember now. You mentioned something about liking Jamar Chase. Was it Jamar Chase? Yeah, I think it was Jamar Chase. <laughs> Look, Eric's always going for the low-hanging fruit. Yeah, I ain't going to bullshit you. Yeah, I know. I'm taking all the big guys. Everybody who listened to this has probably heard of Jamar Chase's name come up a hundred fucking times by now. Uh, you've probably listened to Ten other people talk about him because everybody's talking about him. I ain't even. I'm gonna get right to it. Four star recruit coming out of high school, 21 years old, three year player. Early declare he opted out of the 2020 season due to COVID. Didn't matter. Still gonna be the first wide receiver taken off the board. Pro day numbers. This kid lit it up. He is six foot, 201. Uh, not elite height. You know, six feet. It's it. You can get by as as a small receiver. I mean, it's pretty average. Receivers. There's been some, yeah, that's average. I mean, there's been some six-foot receivers that had really good NFL careers. 40-yard dash. He ran a 4-3-8, which is the 95th percentile amongst wide receivers. That is elite. 41-inch vertical, 95th percentile. 132-inch broad jump, 95th percentile. 3.99 short shuttle, 94th. Three cone, eh, he didn't do too well. Uh, he did. He didn't. Uh, he didn't crack ninety percent in the three cone. He uh, did uh, the three cone is six point nine six seconds, which was forty ninth percent. Whatever, right? Jamar Chase, two thousand nineteen Boletnikov winner, nation's top recruit, baby. Eighty four catches, one thousand seven hundred eighty yards, twenty touchdowns. My man outproduced Justin Jefferson in his sophomore season. You guys know who Justin Jefferson was. My boy broke out. Last year, <laughs> I think Chase is well on his way to doing the same. He's going to be a top five pick. I'm going to rattle off three names real quick: AJ Terrell, Cam Dantzler, Trayvon Diggs, all cornerbacks who went in the draft in uh, 2020. AJ Terrell was the 16th overall pick. Cam Dantzler went in the third round. Trayvon Diggs was a second round pick. They all said Jamar Chase was the best receiver they faced in college football at the combine last year. Just go watch the tape. You're going to see real quick. The kid's a stud. You can knock him if you want. I guess you can say his separation isn't elite, uh, but he gets enough separation that he can make a play on the ball. This kid is physical. You can't press coverage him. He will run right fucking through you. He, he's not scared of contact. As you can tell, he's got elite speed. He's got great hands. He, When a ball is in the air, I'd have to say, out of all the receivers I've watched so far, he is the best at making in-air adjustments to the ball. He's he's almost a magician at it because he's able to position his body so the defender can't make a play on it. It's it, He's going to be special. I think he's legit going to be a special player. Same. I think everything you just said. I really like Chase. I think he's clearly the number one wide receiver in this class. And this, I really don't think is close. I think there is a pretty decent gap between him and the, and the next two guys. I like Chase. 
uh, it's going to be exciting to see where he actually ends up in the first five or six picks. And uh, looking Miami. forward to Miami. owning him. Yeah, I would say that Miami is probably <laughs> the front runners for it, but uh, I don't want to assume anything because maybe they trade up or back or fucking yeah. do a, a loop-de-loop. But, uh, yeah, I really like Chase. Um, pretty much everything you just said, Eric. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the biggest thing for me is just how physical he is, man. Like, like Those guys, they just get better. They just they always just get better. Yeah, you know there was uh, there was one play against uh, the Texas Longhorns where you know he's at the line, the defender comes up and tries to jam him, and he just rips the defender's hands off him. He's like, "Dude, get away from him!" Throws him aside. He runs up the line. Now the the corner's catching up. Just out of you could tell you you see his head shake just a little bit. He sees the safety coming right at him. Ball's already in the air, and he goes, "Ah, shit!" So. He catches the ball over his left shoulder. He immediately puts the ball in his right arm and then dips the left shoulder to take the contact and stays on his feet and goes out of bounds. And it was like, I'm watching it and I'm like, holy fuck, man. Like, he just did like basically three things at once. He's watching the ball, he's preparing his hands, and he's watching the safety, and he knows he's next to the sideline. It's like, He's elite. He is already elite. I would not be shocked if Jamar Chase finishes in the top 12 in fantasy football this year. I mean, as long as he gets a quarterback with a fucking brain, you know, he's he you could tell he's he's a smart. He's he's got great instincts. Like you could tell he's very he says he has a high football IQ, I think, which is something I don't see a lot of people talk about. But I, I just I see it in, in the decisions he makes and just in everything. I mean, you want to see that this kid, man, go watch. Google YouTube Jamar Chase versus Trayvon Diggs, dude. He fucking bullied that. Tooled on him. <laughs> Tooled on him all game. I think he had over 200 yards receiving. And, like, that's why I bring up those comps with A.J. Terrell, Dantzler, Diggs, and, and even C.J. Henderson, who was a first-round pick last year. Like, these are a NFL elite, NFL-caliber DBs that he went against. And he had pretty much great games against them. I mean, A.J. Terrell, go watch the national championship game. He tooled him up. That's I'm sorry. That's the game we had over 200 yards receiving. So he's already done it against guys that are in the NFL, first yeah. round caliber DBs, and and he had fantastic games. I mean, I think the sky's the limit for Chase. Steve, who do you have at wide receiver? So I went a little bit deeper at wide receiver. I went down and I chose uh, Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. So Bateman, six foot, 190 pounds. His pro day, he ran a 4.39.40. He's got a 36-inch vertical. 2019, he played mostly outside as the X receiver. Put up 1,200 yards on 60 catches and had 11 touchdowns. He's another guy that makes defenders miss, breaks tackles. Um, he's got great ability to uh, plant that foot and turn. Contested catches. I really like this kid. He's, I think he's a little bit underrated, but I think that's going to work out for him because it's going to put him farther down draft day. Uh, and go to a, a team that's going to be a little bit better for him, I think, than than one of the uh, teams closer to the top. Uh, Green Bay is probably the spot I would love to see him on the opposite side of uh, Devontae Adams. They only played a half a year last year, so but he still had like 400 yards, 472 yards receiving on uh, 36 receptions in five games. So still not bad. He, he's not he's not super fast for the wide receiver class coming out, but he's still pretty decent with 4-4 speed. 
he gets good releases off of the defenders. A lot of the games that I was watching, especially one against Illinois, he's excellent at finding that seam in zone coverage. I mean, he I watched one pass he caught where he just ducks in between five defenders and catches the ball and then goes on for like another 10 yards. So he has that presence on the field to get in between the defenders, catch the ball to where he can make a football move and continue towards the end zone. Like I said, he breaks tackles. Um, I think the kid's a little bit underrated because he's coming from Minnesota, but I think you can look for him to do good things this year. So, I mean, Rashad Bateman, I just can't, I can't make up my mind. I mean, he's an exceptional route runner, uh, possibly the best in the class, honestly. Uh, He gets off the line well. He's fast. Uh, He's physical. He's strong. He's not afraid of contact. It's just, I don't know, man. It's like when I watch the tape, it's hard to put into words. I watch the tape and I'm not wowed. Despite everything I just said, I watch the tape and I I never find myself going, wow, what a play. It's just, Eric, help me out. I mean, I, I don't know. Am I alone here? No, it's it, and it's like, look, he has Rashad Bateman. He has some good tools that I like, and and you know, it, it's it's just athletically, he's not, he doesn't have a great athletic profile, but that's not the end of the world. You don't need to be a, an athletic freak to be a fucking great wide receiver. It, it's just one gl- glaring fault that I've seen with Bateman when I watch him watch his play is I I feel like he's he's kind of slow off the line. And I think that could cause some potential major problems when he gets to the next level. Um, I think press coverage could cause issues for him. Uh, he's under 200 pounds. I don't know how many. I don't. I don't know how strong he is. I can't. I, off the top of my head, I don't. But I don't think he's a very strong player. He's under six foot. I believe he's five eleven. I here's the thing with Bateman. If Bateman was going where I think he should be, I would take a stab at him. But I already know that the dynasty community is kind of hyping him up. So I think he's getting overvalued right now. Agreed completely. He, he that's that's kind of like the thing with me, like because he's getting a little overvalued, he's getting kind of. I feel like he's gonna get pushed to like a late first round pick. I'm probably gonna tail off if he was going in the second. I take a stab at him, especially pending the landing spot. Like if Steve Steve said, if he landed in Green Bay, you'd be all like, oh, you know what I mean. That that's that's the kind of fucking place you want to see these guys go. And it's not so much that I don't like Rashad Bateman the player; it's that I just I think he's getting overhyped. I guess is more so the thing. And like I said, I do see that one kind of big fault that I think he's going to struggle against top-level NFL corners. I can definitely see that happening. So, I mean, so here's my thing, right? Is like you said, oh, you know, I think he's getting overvalued. He he might crawl up into the back of the first. Bro, I think he might be middle of the first. And I'm not joking. I, I, I think people view him as the third or fourth best wide receiver in this class. I've seen people rank them too. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, and that's crazy. So, I mean, uh, Steve, you're the dynasty degenerate. Tell me, why is the dynasty community, in Eric and I, Eric, in my opinion, overhyping him? I mean, do you think he's overhyped? He's definitely overhyped, and I think it's because he's been compared to uh, Justin Jefferson last year, which I, in the right system, maybe, but I, I still don't think he warrants taking him anywhere in the middle of the first, I would say he's like a two, 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 three, two, five ish pick in dynasty in a 12 team. I think anything higher than that, especially depending on his landing spot is, is going to be taking him too high. 
I really like the guy, but I, I, I think that's too high too. I think people. I, I think another big part of, of with Bateman is I think it's his age. He's twenty one. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think that's a big. You know, age is important. Don't get me wrong, especially when it comes to profiling with rookies. It's it's it, age is very important. But I think people see that twenty one and they're like, oh man, he's only twenty one. You know, so yeah, I could have him for fifteen years. Cut you him, know, cut <laughs> yeah. him in front of a few guys. So like the thing with Bateman is he he is like the dude. That like you completely fall in love with if you just watch his highlight reel. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no, you have to watch the uh, you have to watch the drops as well. Oh um, yeah, yeah. He he has he has had a. I did read that that he had some issues yeah. uh, with the drops. He, he's had drops. The the one thing with it, um, with his drop so, is when he drops it, he he does everything he can to make sure nobody else is going to catch it either. Uh, so he does at least have ball presence with that. Um, but it's if he can get in the right system, he can get with a, a veteran wide receiver, somebody like Devontae Adams. Another spot I had for him was like the Giants or maybe the Chargers with Keenan Allen. To help him refine a few of those skills, help him get off the line with press coverage, I, I think he can excel in a system like that. So a, a year under his belt might do him a lot of good. Uh, with a veteran so but it's definitely he's definitely going to be one of those guys that's landing spot dependent but i don't think he should be considered as a wide receiver two or the wide receiver three in this class like i have him at five and, and might be six by the time we get to the draft yeah i, I have him at six right now yeah i'd have him in the six to eight range personally uh, there's a few guys in that later range that i have ranked higher than most but yeah i just like it i mean i, I wanted to talk about somebody other than the top three because that's pretty much all you hear about so yeah instead of yeah going, absolutely oh, i'm gonna talk about Jalen waddle it's like yeah, yeah you know what i mean it's like it's, that's why the guy with chase it's like everybody's talked about fucking chase like when, i'm not saying anything nobody hasn't heard you know yeah but they didn't talk about it as good as us no yeah exactly <laughs> so uh brian who did you have for your wide receiver so uh have you guys ever heard of devonta smith so he, he was a slim reaper yeah, Slim Reaper. He was a wide receiver in Alabama, in case you didn't know. Where's that? Um, at? Yeah, it's somewhere in uh, New Mexico. <laughs> was, uh, um, perfect. <laughs> I've been there. Was, I got a question. Was Was he the guy that caught that touchdown in overtime in the national championship game from Tua? I think he was. Uh, he Tua. was. Just say yes. You're gonna yeah. You're gonna have to clarify who yeah. is Tua. Tua. Uh. <laughs> you want to know Tua's real name? It's dude. It's the longest name I've ever heard in my life. No, I don't want to hear his little name. I want to tell it's you like about Devontae Smith. It's like Tua or something, dude. It's I look. I was like, what? It's like twenty letters, dude. So, uh, all right. So we can drop the stick, right? I mean, uh, Devontae Smith probably has the best hands in this draft class. Uh, he's a very smart route runner. He has next level speed. He has excellent body control. He runs pretty precise routes. There's some of them that could use a little cleaning up, but overall, exceptional. I mean, really, really good. Top of the class. I think he's a little. He looks a little faster in pads than what I saw from his forty. He has great balance, and he can beat man and zone coverage. Awesome, right? Like first round pick, take him first overall. Like forget Jamar Chase. I want Devonte Smith. He's six one one seventy. When they call him the Slim Reaper, they mean this boy fucking slim, okay? He 
has a lot of trouble getting off jams at the line because the corners are bigger than him. And he's not even in the NFL yet. He can't block anybody. I mean, I literally watch tape of corners just grabbing Devontae Smith by the shoulder pads and pushing him backwards like he was a child. It's unfair. And so his size really, really concerns me in the NFL. So I've done the full roller coaster here, okay? On one episode, I, I predicted Devontae Smith to be an absolute fucking bust. And then I started watching tape, and I was like, ooh, boy, I fucked that up. <laughs> I started watching him. I was like, oh, this is so bad. And then, you know, as I watched more and more, I was like, man, I his size, his size, his size, his size. He might be a bust. He really might be. I just, all I can picture is cornerbacks just jamming him at the line every fucking play. And this dude never even runs a route. Man, it's, I honestly, like, I think at the end of the day, his talent will win out. But his, his size is why I have him ranked below Jalen Waddle. He is my third wide receiver. And I don't feel great about that. Um, I personally, so I ha- I had Jalen Waddle at two, but him and Mr. Smith have flip-flopped the more I've watched on Devontae Smith. The thing with Devontae Smith, if you want to jam him at the line, you can, and he, he's he's not very strong. He's 170 pounds. But if you miss that jam, that motherfucker's gone, and you're giving oh, up he a touchdown. Go. He's gone. <laughs> so you got to jam him. you got to jam him quick. And and I've seen some plays where, they, where guys try to jam him, and he's just so squirmy, dude. It's just like, and he's just like, it's like I see it, and it's like in my head I would hear like the Chris Berman whoop, you know what I mean? And I'm like, <laughs> he, he just slipped right. Th- it's like you got to get the jam, in which obviously NFL level corners are going to be should be better in press coverage. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's what that I was about to a, say. I mean, that's a like he's he. I think Devontae Smith is the fastest off the line I've seen. Maybe it's a few other guys later that are probably on the same level or maybe slightly better, but out of the big guys, he is, I mean, when he's off that, when that thing snaps, man, he's, Oh, he's a lightning his bolt. release is, his release is amazing. And I think he's got, I think the skills outweigh the faults with him. Um, like you say, he does have some faults. He's, he's going to be a liability in the blocking game. Like he, yeah. he, he he's going to be no help. Like he's just, he's too small. He's not going to be able to really push these guys around, but he, he, there's times where he looks like he plays bigger than he is. Like he, he doesn't shy away from contact. He'll take the hits. Um, which is kind of scary considering he's so small frame, but like he, he mm-hmm. he's not scared of the contact. I will give him that. And so that is one of the things I know and I'm sorry to interrupt. That is one of the things I noticed on his tape was that he is a terrible blocker, but that motherfucker never once, never once did I see him not try. And he would get pushed backwards like a infant, but Man, he gave it his all. He is a true effort player, man. Yeah, it's like the same thing, like, you get, not to circle back to him, but E.T. Like, he always gave effort. I know I saw that, too, in pass pro. He always yeah. tried, and, and Smith is the same thing. I like Smith, personally, I, I and I think the gap between Smith and Chase is closer, probably, than all three of us. And I'm, well, I mean, I'm a, let, let's, let's be honest. I, mean, I have him ranked at three. It's not like I hate that guy. No. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So I have to wonder about Smith. I, I like Smith. I, he's my number two. I have to wonder about whether or not he could be moved inside in the NFL level to be a slot receiver, given his the, the fact that he's so small weight-wise. Um, 
that he could actually have a pretty good career doing that. Now, I know in college he only had a couple hundred snaps from the slot. Most of his were wide. But given the hands that he has, being 6'1", and being such a small guy, putting him on crossing routes uh, behind the linebackers, he's going to get jammed less at the line by the corners. Uh, I just have to wonder if maybe that might be a better fit for him to to maybe split some of his work in the slot and out wide and go to a team where they can use him in both roles. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's a terrible idea, but I think NFL teams are going to look at him and say, you're 6'1", and you run way too fucking fast, so you're on the outside. And that's very possible. And they may do the same thing with him that they do with Tyreek Hill, only he's, you know, a foot taller. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, and they might scheme him that way, just just on on short crossing and, and and just let him run. So, well, they absolutely got, don't get me wrong. I mean, like I said, I have him ranked third. Like I, I was a little too aggressive with my with my downness of Devontae Smith. It's just at one point I had him right behind uh, Jamar Chase. Now I'm looking at it. And I'm like, no, he's. He's a good distance from Jamar Chase. Like he, it's it's not it's not that close. Yeah, no, Chase, Chase for me is is quite high. And I moved Jalen Waddle back up to two. And obviously, you still have him two. And Eric still has him ranked number two. I so two. I have Devontae yeah. Smith at three. It's not like I hate the motherfucker. I just he's my third wide receiver. I mean, I don't think either one of you would argue against Waddle and say, well, he blows. Why would you do that? You know? Yeah, no, no, no. It's close between those two. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's really going to be, they're, they're going to be extremely dependent on landing spots. Yeah. Just because it, it, of the, the, who the players they are. And it's not just the more I've watched on Smith. The more, I mean, the more I've watched Smith that bumped me up, I feel like I like Waddle, but I feel like I have more concerns for Waddle now than I do Smith. As far yeah. as it comes to exceeding in the next level, at the next level, um, and I mean, dude, Devontae Smith, the guy won the Heisman, first wide receiver to do it in thirty years, like that. That's hard to do. Um, yeah, he fucking balled out in his senior year. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong, like the Heisman's an achievement, but T- Tim Tebow won a Heisman too. You know, it's not the pros. Tim Tebow also won me a fantasy championship. <laughs> <laughs> but wide receivers don't win the Heisman typically. Not usually. That's how good of a year he had. But so since I was lazy and didn't do a tight end, um, Eric, who do you have for tight end? Oh, perfect. Because I don't really have a whole much to say, a whole lot to say about my tight end. But I really like this guy, and he's my second. He's my tight end too, and his name is Brevin Jordan, and he went to the U. The <laughs> the who the what the U baby U Miami Hurricanes. Oh man, they used to be on. They used to be atop the mountain. Now they've kind of uh, descended into uh, the abyss of the college Second-class citizens now. Second-class <laughs> citizens of, of college football. Uh, Brevin Jordan is 20 years old, man. This boy is young. Young. He's uh, he's not like 6'2", two, two and a half. You want to get technical? 247. That's pretty good size. Not, you know, he could be a little taller. He's more of a receiving threat. Uh, tight end, obviously. We don't give a fuck about blocking. This is fantasy football. His pro day numbers. He ran a four six four forty. I mean, for a tight end, that's not terrible. It's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good for it. I was going to say, that's pretty good for a tight end. Yeah, it's not bad at all. 
Uh, nine foot eight inch broad jump for a tight end is also very good. Mm. Um, thirty one inch vertical. That's probably a little average. That's uh, that's low. That's that's, that's low. probably that, low. Yeah. Seventeen reps on the bench press is low. That's low to me. Low for a tight end. No wonder Homeboy can't block. <laughs> which yes, which is going to lead into one of my assessments is I think that this kid needs to definitely work on building up building up some strength to get himself more strong. You know, get him obviously get himself stronger and get himself more physical because he's going to probably at times be asked to block in the NFL. I mean, as you're a tight end, there's going to be times that they need you to block, and that's definitely something he's going to have to get stronger if he wants to have a long career in the league. He's going to have to get stronger. But 2020, his junior year was his best year. He had 38 catches, 576 yards, and seven touchdowns. Um, from what I've watched on this kid, I haven't done a ton of watching, so don't shoot me. But I, he's a pretty damn good route runner. He's pretty smooth. He's pretty quick release off the line. He's got pretty good hands. And I just I think he's a perfect guy to throw a dart on in your rookie draft. He's going late, third round, fourth round. I mean, he's young. Fuck it. What else do yeah. you want? Not a bad stash guy. No, he's not a bad stash guy at all. Especially, you know what I mean? Hold him and you put him in your taxi for a year or two and, and see what happens, you know? So, I mean, I, I'll just, I'll, I'll read you right now everything I have written about the dude. Okay? This is, this is 100% of everything I have written. Has receiving upside, doesn't block well, does not run very good routes. Not to say they're terrible, but they, they, literally every route could be improved. Uh, catches the ball with his body uh, instead I of his hands. Pretty, you seen him run a seam route, dude? Yeah, I have. He's good at running seam routes. I don't know what you watched. I'm but. not saying I'm not saying that he's not okay. I'm saying he's not good. He's not great. He does not excel at it. He does not run it very well. Yeah, he does. But no, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. But we can. <laughs> no, he. I'm, I'm, dude. He. I, I watched him burn a co- two corners, bro, on a seam route. I'm telling you, he he's pretty good at running routes. Awesome! I watched Robert Tunyon. I watched Robert Tunyon catch eight touchdowns. Like, is he fucking Brevin awesome? Brevin Jordan's now? next. <laughs> Brevin Jordan, sizzling baby. You don't need to block when you're in the fucking end zone. Uh, so, anyways, over the last two sentences, if I may, catches the ball with his body instead of his hands, and he does not high point the ball, which kind of sucks for a tight end. That's kind of the point: is the whole size mismatch. Yeah, but at so, a 31-inch vertical, you can't high point the ball. Yeah, that's, <laughs> now I know why. I mean. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, like I said, he has upside. He needs to clean up his routes. That's fine. There's a lot of players who need to clean up their routes. He needs to catch the ball with his fucking hands. He can't be letting that shit fall into his bread basket. He has to catch it with his hands. If he can clean that stuff up and improve, he has a very high ceiling. If he's going to keep catching the ball with his numbers, man, it, it, I think his upside's pretty limited, in my opinion. No, I would agree with that. The things that I had was um, not so much the routes, but catching the ball with his hands, um, getting a little bit better on running some of the other routes because you, you, you can't just run a seam route. He definitely has to work on blocking. And uh, he, he has some good athletic numbers, and then – you get to the uh, the bench press and the high jump. I mean, the long jump was good. The, the 40 time was good. But, I mean, I can jump 31 inches. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
it's uh i mean you're a tight end most tight ends in the nfl now are are ex-basketball players they got a good vertical i mean you you got tiny wide receivers at five eight five seven that are putting up 36 to 40 inch verticals so guys got to learn how to jump and go up after the ball that, that's going to be the biggest thing is not being able to get up there above the defenders and grab that ball out of the air but all things yeah, he can work on it when he gets to the NFL. He's got to work on his. Uh, he's got to hit the gym a little bit. I would have to say and work on his strength. Um, yeah. But not, I think his route run is fine from what I've seen. I don't know what you guys saw, but point me in the direction this, because the, I'd like. I'd like to see it. Personally. The seams are like, fine, Eric. He he runs yeah. a decent no, seam, he, but the re- but I, the rest of it's he, not crisp and it, like his breaks are are rounded. They're not. Yeah. They're not sharp. That's yeah. all. He's pretty quick off. He's quick quick off the breaks. Like, I don't know. I Point, no, I'm there, seriously, point me in the direction I want to see. Show me, I'm show just, me, send it yeah, to me. Yeah, so, like we, were, like we were arguing about a minute ago, I'm not saying he runs a bad seam route. It's good. It could be cleaner, but it's good. Like, I'm just saying that his his route running is not bad. It just could be better. There are little things he can improve to improve his route running. That's what I saw. I did not, like tag the videos because I didn't think I'd want to watch them in 20 years. So I don't have them anymore. I could try to find them and I'll send them to you. I promise. Uh, but that okay. that's that was what I saw when I watched Brevin Jordan. But that, that's the beauty of the show, right? Three different opinions. Yeah. No, because I, I, <laughs> I thought his route running was fine. Like I, I mean, obviously everybody can improve somewhere, but I, I didn't. I looked like He has other good. areas Outside that he needs to improve Pitts. on more than, than the route running. Yeah. But it, it's yeah, he needs to pick up a fucking up. dumbbell. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, get some squats going, baby, so we can fucking yeah. so we can jump. Yeah. So Brian, who'd you have? Um. So I took a tight end out of Florida named Mister Kyle Fucking Pitts. I believe that's his legal middle name. Uh, he is a natural route runner. He is very fluid and reads defense as well. He high points the ball. He's not an elite blocker, but. Also, not as bad as some of his scouting reports make it sound. I'll tell you that right now. They make it sound like like this dude is is fucking Shannon Sharp, just a pushover. You know, he's a, he's a receiver and that's it. That ain't the fucking case. He can block. He's not great at it. He needs help, but he's he's okay. And uh, when I was watching his tape, there was one specific play against South Carolina that really stood out, where Pitts lined up on the outside. That's right, on the outside. You heard right. And uh, he was matched up against J.C. Horn, whose name you might recognize. He is considered by some to be, uh, me personally, the second cornerback in this class. Uh, by some, he is considered the first cornerback in this class. He was definitely the most physical in college football this past year. And uh, Pitts was covered well and created a little bit of separation with a stutter step. Ball didn't get out, so... Next thing you know, Horn's wearing him like a blanket again. So Pitts turns around. He comes back towards his quarterback. He comes back towards the ball. Ball's in the air. J.C. Horn is draped on this dude's fucking neck. Like, I mean, all over him like a blanket. And Pitts has his arms out, catches the ball away from his body. Just perfect, man. Gets the first down. And... It just it just kind of it kind of told me you know like like Eric pointed out you know when you can do it against elite competition, it really speaks volumes. And to see him line up against 
who was probably going to be a first-round cornerback and beat him, it was it was like, wow, this, this kid really could be a very special receiving tight end. I ain't got no more to say about Kyle Pitts. Uh, dude's a freak. He smashes all the charts athletically. Uh, he's going to probably be a top. He's definitely going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. That's you almost pencil it in. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't even care that he can't block. Don't ever block. He, he doesn't, he's, he's, he's not even like a prototypical fucking tight end. Like, let's be honest. Like he's, he's just a, a, a mismatch nightmare. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to line this guy up in the slot. Like you're going to put a fucking linebacker on him, a safety, a cor- like he's, he's going to be a mismatch nightmare. Like he, he's, Probably he needs to go to a team that's going to utilize him like like kind of like Oak, uh, Vegas uses Waller or even you could say Casey uses Kelsey. Yeah. And he the sky's the limit for him too. I mean he's gonna he's gonna smash. He absolutely should smash. Like I, I don't give a fuck about his blocking. If you want me to be totally honest, I, I don't. I because I, I I don't care about my tight ends blocking in fantasy. I want I, I want you out yeah. there. <laughs> exactly. And, no, I would agree with Eric. I don't care about his blocking. Um, Totally unrelated, Kyle Pitts will be the 2021 Daydreaming Degenerates Fantasy Bust of the Year just because Brian's so high on him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I I love Pitts. I, I do. Um, he is by far the best tight end in this class. He, I think the blocking will come a, as he gets to the NFL level. But, I mean, there, there was – I've read some things where he could have just been a, a wide receiver. And and still probably been one of the top five wide receivers this year, as opposed yep. to being a tight end. But actually, uh, Daniel Jeremiah was on NFL Network, and he said that if if Kyle Pitts right now declared as a wide receiver, he would rank him number two. Yeah, I, I would do the same, uh, and, and it would be close between him and Chase. It wouldn't be the bigger gap that there is between Chase and the other two right now. All right, so uh, that's going to wrap up our top end of the draft rookie watch. Uh, did you guys have anything you wanted to add? Um, negative. Yeah. Connor, don't take Jamar Chase at the 102, you little fucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, that's, a, that's a message specifically to our listener, League Comrade. So speaking of which, you know, uh, we are giving away a Kenny Galladay 16 by 20 photo. The winner will be emailed by the time this episode is available to listen. Person will have been emailed. So check your email. Maybe you have a message from us that says you won a 16 by 20 Kenny Galladay photo. The next item to be given away is going to be a 16 by 20. Gorgeous. Brandon Ayuk autographed photo. And I mean, this thing is beautiful. Everything's in black and white except for him. And he signed it in this gorgeous red ink. Oh, man. I mean, it is sweet. And if you want to win it, all you have to do is write us an email or send us a voicemail. The email is dddfantasyfootballgmail.com. The voicemail is 508-343-8010. And share a social media post. It couldn't be any easier. Free, 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 free. And it takes about 10 seconds. So, we look forward to your submissions. We look forward to hearing from you guys. Um, if you would like to see the photo, you can go to daydreamingdegeneres.com. 
We'll have a picture of it up within a day or two. Well, by the time this airs, it'll be up. It, it'll be up before this, yeah. <laughs> it's up right now. You can go look at it. Gorgeous photo. And you can check out our rankings. You can check out our, our little blurb bios. Not that there's a whole lot there. and You know, we're not going to give all of our stories away. You're going to have to listen for some of it, right? Oh, uh, join us next week where we're going to be doing an NFL mock draft. The entire first round. All right, and we're almost never wrong, so it's almost like spoiling the draft for yourself. You have to tune in. You have to listen to it, all right? I am Brian Moran. That is Steve Sampson. That is Eric DeFusco. Thank you guys so much for listening, and please come back next week. Next week.